Hello and welcome to Contramundum. Our topic today is the United States federal government, the U.S. Senate, and the entire regime is involved in treason. They're trying to allow, to legalize the invasion of the United States, or at least they tried this week. They probably failed, but they're letting it happen. Uh, today we have uh, Josiah Lippincott joining us to discuss this and everything else. There was, there was also an interview uh, by its Tucker Carlson of someone yesterday, someone important. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about um, Not me. All it, was, the, it was me. It was it was, it was you. Yeah, he's yes. he was interviewing you about basebooks.com. Yes, uh sure. go 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 see it. Based audio um, that's right. Based oh sorry, based audiobooks.com. Yeah. <laughs> uh gotta get that right to get the sponsorship money from CJ. Um, <laughs> but uh with us today is Josiah Lippincott, who is a writer, a political thinker, uh, an analyst, a um, Marine Corps veteran, and a, a grad student at or a PhD student, rather, uh, at Hillsdale College. I got to get that right. Uh, so thank you so much for joining us, Josiah. Uh, and he is also the most banned man on the internet, officially. It is true. It is uh, true. Yeah, yeah, now that Alex Jones is back and Donald Trump are back, uh, that that leaves me. I'm still... Just him. You know, so if Elon's watching this live stream, he needs to he needs to get on that and stop the uh, the Pentagon conspiracy that prevents me from from speaking to the American people. Yeah, I think everyone who's watching it on on Twitter or formerly the the website formerly known as Twitter right. should just tag Elon and say, "Let him back in. Let yeah. him back in now." Yeah, they should. They should free free my boy. And I'll yeah. have the well the t shirts. I'll print them up after we're done here. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> your hood of choice. What? You just what was, was there a specific tweet that got you banned in the first place? Well, there were, uh, you know, no, the, the technical answer is no. Um, that's the official answer because when I got banned, that was not associated with any tweet. They just said, you violated our prohibitions. What did they say? Like on having like a safe platform, but mm. there was no specification. So, Actually, last spring, Twitter reached out to me finally with like a more I'd send in a bunch of requests to be unbanned. And so they said, well, OK, tell us why, you know, you should be unbanned. It was kind of more. It was obviously not just a bot. It was like a, a person reaching out. But even after I explained there, I was like, no one ever explained to me why I was banned. They still did not let the ban um, come up. But um, I have my theories. I did a tweet right before the ban occurred a whole thread about um what i call the the sociologically the ellis island fraternity and i was comparing the um the the backgrounds of of leading democratic party um you know po politicians and just pointing out most of them their ancestors came over after the late 1800s there's just not very many democrats who have ancestral ties to america from the founding or even from the first hundred or so years of the nation's existence um, and then I was kind of pointing out how that had manifested itself. And the tweet went pretty viral. Um, it got like five and a half million hits uh, before Twitter just nuked it and me. And uh, that was December of uh, 2021. So it's been yeah. been several years. Uh, that's, yeah, that's that's pretty edgy. Yeah, I know. Sociological <laughs> analysis, analysis is, is really dangerous. It's it's yeah. a threat. Joe Biden, when his, when his cognition clicks in, he's like... Corpop, <laughs> sociology on twitter.com. My leg hair was being touched at the pool. You know, it's, you know, the tapioca pudding in between bites. That's how you really got to complete the impersonation right there. That's, that's right. Did yeah. you see his uh, press or clips of his press conference from yesterday? No, but I read about them and it's perfect. 
He confused yeah, like, the president of Egypt with Mexico. He's talking <laughs> yeah. like Francois Mitterrand is still around. Like, no, that dude died in 96. Yeah, and he calls this press conference, and like he's apparently the one that demanded to do it because the special counsel that was investigating his classified document leak uh, published a report, and it said uh, no jury is ever going to convict this guy because they're going to see a feeble old man who's got <laughs> failing memory. And yeah, and it, he went out to redeem himself. <laughs> yeah, proving them right. That, we are led by geniuses. You don't understand. Look, I read that. Look, I read that portion of the report, and I was like, he's about to get the antifreeze flavored pudding at the next White House. He's gone. We're after national mourning. Uh, we don't know what happens. Kamala's but, out there. Honestly, though, like they, I mean, I see all these people like, oh, they're going to get rid of him. They're going to replace him with with Kamala or they're going to they're going to place him with Michelle Obama or whatever. And it's like, no, he is the ideal president for the system. (laughs) There's nobody better than him. Yeah, it's it's part of the ritual humiliation of modern life that that guy is in any way considered to be competent or leading the country. Just lie after lie, like, oh no, he's he's all he's got it all there. I noticed, you know, I don't watch any TV, but um, I'll see like Instagram clips or something. My wife will show me, and it's like he can't. He just even all of these instances, that dude cannot follow a strain of of thought at all. No. This is done. No, like, no, no, no impact, no idea. No, the best the best is the bit of like Shane Gillis where he's like, you know, we had we had Trump who who gave a gave a speech. Abu yeah. Bakar, dog daddy, <laughs> yes. is dead. Wow. He died like a dog. <laughs> and then he's like, and now we have Joe Biden. He comes out for like five minutes once a year and he mumbles through five minute press conference and then turns into a Roomba. Yeah, a Roomba. He's wandering around the stage. And Trump had Trump has this great bit. And he's like, and Biden, he didn't know what to do. And he was talking and I didn't understand. And then he walked off the stage into a wall. And that's where it just ends right there. Into a wall. Right into a wall. Yeah, I know. It's great. It's yeah, good. Shane's I like Shane's claim that, you know, uh, debating Trump is is the test of presidential qualities in a candidate. You know, he's yeah. like, you know, wheel him out there like Hannibal Lecter and uh no, it's perfect. You know, they yeah. can't stump the Trump. Yeah. They, they, well, and, and like the, the Biden thing, though, I keep going back to it, and even in the, the Putin interview. And, and yeah, I don't I don't think you've seen it yet. But like in, in the Putin interview, in multiple instances, he's telling Tucker that, um, you know, with Bush and different U.S. officials, different U.S. President, Clinton before that, he's dealing with them, ask, trying to conduct policy with them. And they would, you know, make some kind of agreement and then they would go back and talk to their people and say, oh, no, we can't do that. Yeah. Where it, it's obvious that the president, no matter who it is, whether it's Joe Biden, uh, Donald Trump, uh, you know, Bill Clinton, George Bush, they, they the elected official has no control over policy. Ultimately, yeah. it's, yeah. it's the it's problem. Yeah, it's it's this blob. Um, I like that. I like people online will talk about this. The longhouse. The primordial ooze of yeast life. And that's what we're ruled by today. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a great metaphor for what happens there. There's a woman in a pantsuit yelling at you behind closed doors. Actually, this harms women's rights and, you know, <laughs> Kazakhstan. And that means you're bad somehow. And we need to spend billions of dollars because you're racist. And that's what you got. And, and it yeah. shows just the kind of you know, there's all this political science, a lot of regime analysis, you know, just democracy or oligarchy. And it's like, 
you got to you got you can't those are just words like look at yeah. what's happening like who's mm -hmm. in charge in this regime and it's it's this this class of people who are just crazed i mean absolutely disconnected from reality and and um, undeserving of their position yeah uh, to say the least yeah and you you, you see it with um with the you know topic you know that that we made earlier in the week and i, I knew it was probably going to get scuttled the the border bill mm -hmm. um but you, you see it where um after the after the texas um you know i don't even know what you want to call it i mean because it right. wasn't really nullification uh no. just no. resistance to uh the federal government in like the tiniest terms right uh but that propelled immigration into the the very forefront of national conversation and you see these polls that say 60% of the country favor mass deportation. They <laughs> yeah. want like it's it's extraordinarily popular to close sure. the border to end illegal immigration, like 70% plus. I mean, even like almost, you know, 50, 50 for Democratic voters to want to do something. And and so you see this the political, you know, at least popular will is totally there, right? Crown lying in the gutter kind of thing. Right. And then you have this dopey James Lankford yeah. put together this deal where it's like, actually, you know, we're going to let in 4,999 illegals a day before right. we close down the border. And that's the best we can do. Sorry. Yeah. Plus right. all the thing that's tied to it is what, like 65 billion to Ukraine and like 17 billion to Israel. And then it's several more billion to Taiwan. And it, it it's, it's clearly like they're they're using this as leverage to get the thing they actually want. Yeah. Right? To try to throw a little bit of red meat to the right. public, but really get the to to fleece us to give it give it all to Ukraine to go to Zelensky's cocaine habit. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, that's that's exactly right. And um what I observe in all this is that and, and I've made this point to people who I know who are in positions of influence or power inside the system. And I and I, I want to say it's like Law is founded on legitimacy. It does not spring out of the ground sui generis as just, well, it's a law. I have a piece of paper that says I'm in charge and that I'm, yeah. I'm in control. It said, no, you, you actually have to do stuff and have certain strengths in order to stay in power. And um, conservatives have no idea. Like I, there's one of the guys who failed to vote for the impeachment of Mayorkas um, out of California, um, uh, Tom McClintock. And um, I called his office and I was like, what are you doing? What's the plan? It's like, and he's got this 10 page document about how his principles prevent him from voting to <laughs> kick out a guy who's betraying his oath of office. And it's like quoting these legal scholars. Well, you know, Dershowitz says this, but Lawrence Tribe. And we, I said, look, this is, this is so Talmudic. I mean, it's like literally, well, rabbi this. No, 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 no. You got to reconnect to reality. This is, it's just textual at a certain point, just nonsense layered on nine, on nonsense. Yeah. It's like, this is not, you, you got to figure out what is government for? What is government for? And then you need to do that. Um, and that's so hard. Anybody who's not Trump, like they don't well, get You also got to, it's not only that, but you got to figure out like, what year is it? Like what's, yeah. what's, what's right. going on in the world? Like right. this is the way that law and constitution is always a, like a, a big hurdle for conservatives. Like the left, the left doesn't pay attention to any of it. But conservatives, before they act, you know, they have to make sure they have all their principal, you know, checklist all done. And it's like the left literally does not care about your constitution. It doesn't care about your legal no. precedent. It's on a revolution. And it's not going to stop till it gets there. So you got to make a decision. You got to 
find out who your friends are, find out who your enemies are, and actually, yeah. you know, push around some political muscle. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I, I have principles, but the leading <laughs> one is winning. Yeah, I like winning. <laughs> yes. You know, it's like people like America is an idea. It's like I agree, but I think my idea of what America is is different than mm -hmm. your mm -hmm. cringe lib lib version of, of whatever <laughs> that is. Right. My idea of America doesn't involve hordes of third world foreigners settling on our shores and then consuming our resources. That's bad. And I don't want that. Yeah. So, you know, it's 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 like, well, the Constitution the Constitution is is designed to protect, you know, our, our rights and liberties. And and by that, it meant like citizens. And, and that's yeah. not just whoever signed a piece of paper. Again, that goes back to the words problem. Yeah. Well, I have a piece of paper. It has words on it. It's like that. That's not politics at all. Yeah, it's the poppy quote, right? You're quoting you're quoting laws at men with swords, right? Yeah, like, right. Like, like it's that's that's and that's what that's like conservatives today is. Yeah. Um, I mean, you see this like CJ got into it on Twitter, and I, yeah, I wish I wish you were there because you'd probably be you know right there with him uh, with Jenna Ellis earlier. In the oh year. yeah, she's insane. <laughs> That woman's dumb as a post. <laughs> it was like it was it was so ridiculous because I mean, what what was your tweet, CJ, that you that you you made that that got her going? I don't remember. It was um, it was something about how like like I I mean I just I basically just postured myself against the regime and I just said, look, yeah, I don't yeah. I don't care about it at all. Like I'm not I'm not yeah. here to defend it. Um, I do appreciate our heritage and our people. But the regime is my enemy, and she's like, "Look, these are a bunch of anarchists, you know, or whatever." Yeah, and I think you, it was—you said something about the Constitution that I think is what got her hackles up, uh, where it's like uh, we might have to use extra constitutional means to to deal with our enemies. And yeah, I didn't what? Even, yeah, I didn't even say that. I think it was yeah. like I think you I implied think, it though. I think you know. the point was that like our solutions are more political than they are electoral. Yeah, you know? yeah. and they just can't take that. They just no, they, no. It goes outside, you know, their she, their comfort zone. Oh man, she had a tweet earlier this year about blasphemy laws, and she was yes. like, "The founders would have resisted blasphemy laws." She was attacking some conservative thing, and it's like mm -hmm. if you Google "founding fathers blasphemy," the number one hit is an article from Harvard being like, "Yeah, the founders totally did have blasphemy laws and thought that was bad." Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah. these people are so. I mean, what's amazing to me is looking at someone like Ellis who has no, no virtues, none. I mean, mm -hmm. she's not even like, whoa, that's a stunner. I can see why someone was like fooled. It's like nothing, nothing's going on in that, in that, in, in, in her mind or in her life, but yet she's a, an influencer. She's propped up as, in front of the American people is allowed to blather all day long. And it's just like, we, we got to get past this kind of, th these, these people, we need to get with this, this, these people are a problem. Our, our influencer class uh, with a few mostly anonymous exceptions is terrible. It's terrible. Yeah. It's people, I think, are promoted because they're mediocrities. Um, yeah. And that's important to keep in mind when dealing with um, conservative incorporated. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, even, I don't even understand where people like that come from. Like Trump didn't have any better choices to build his legal team. I mean, maybe not. Maybe they have reputations to keep and yeah. contracts to save. I don't know. Well, and I just I've noticed there's a ton of these, like a bunch of the women who work for Trump have betrayed him. Alyssa Farah, uh, Jenna Ellis, um, you know, Omarosa. I mean, and, and there's a and if you go back, I think who is the woman who managed his campaign? Kelly Con Kellyanne Conway. Yeah, she initially yeah. supported uh, of um, um, Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz, yeah. And it's like, look, you know, and, and what I would say to any anyone interested in politics is you you need 
men who are loyal to you to be your advisors. It's like, yeah. you know, it's and, and it's who's the lady who um, who is the, the blonde woman who was Trump's secretary or, Kelly, or uh, McEnany. Uh, yeah. McKin uh, yeah. McEnany. Yeah. McEnany. Yeah. Right. Kaylee McEnany. Kaylee McEnany. Right. Yeah. But she started off, she was at 28. She was a CNN contributor. She denounces Trump. Then she had a conversation with a colleague who was a smart kind of lib who was like, you know, this Trump's going to win this all. And you would be wise to switch and become pro Trump and ride that to power. And she did. And then it worked. And it's like, we need to, and I, it's frustrating to me to watch that. It's like, look, you know, we need more seriousness on the right in terms of, you know, if you're not, if you have bad political instincts, you got to pay for that. Like yeah. people out there supporting the Ron DeSantis boondoggle, you, that needs to be the kind of thing where keep a list and check it twice in the future. Cause that's like insane political instincts. Like I, I, I wrote an article in December of 2022 where I was mm -hmm. like, Ron DeSantis should not run for president in 2024. It would be a disaster, and he will pay. Mm. And yeah. I was right. I nailed it. Like, just yeah. down the middle. I was like, yeah. you're going to take all this money you have in your in their fund, and you're going to burn mm. it. Yeah. I mean, look, he spent, like, something like $150 million, $200 million. Look, yeah. Ron, for a 10% cut, I could have <laughs> saved you for 15 mil. I would have yeah. saved you $135 million. We, I, we I, said the same thing on here. It's the yeah, exact yeah. same thing. And I, I was only going to take 5%. So <laughs> look at that. It's, like, it's going to be a better deal. Ron should have reached out. Ron should have reached but that, out. That's the thing. Like, and all the people, like all the, all the people on, on Twitter and online uh, that were at least the ones that were around in 2016, 2015 to 2016, um, like 80, 90% of them were DeSantis people or, yeah. or sorry, were, were Ted Cruz people and they became yeah. DeSantis people. And it's just, the same thing all over again, but after Trump won, then they're then they're like, oh yeah, he's he's good, I guess, you know, and and they they returned like a dog to their vomit yeah. to um, to the same you know boring old uh, conservative uh, true conservative campaigning, you know, and and they're losers, all and they have, they have no idea they they had I mean Mystery Grove had a good um, post mortem on the DeSantis. Um, Mm. On, on the DeSantis campaign, it was it was really funny too, and uh, he, he basically said like um, these these people. He said the same basically the same thing is is these people that supported him and pushed him, mm -hmm. right? They can't have any future because they did not understand what occurred in 2016. It wasn't about this this man himself mm -hmm. that everyone was was all about. It's that finally, finally after decades. Right. right. The actual American people are represented by a political figure in a way they had never been before. And he, it, he resonated and connected with the people uh, in their actual interests. And right. I mean, CJ and I both were, were coming out of libertarianism at the time. And I remember when he said, when he's like, why are we, why are we in NATO? The yeah. Cold War's over. And like yeah. the freak out after that. And I was yeah. like, oh, he's the real deal. Like this is, and I'm seeing like everything that's happening yeah. was happening to him and continue to happen to him, even into his administration. In my mind, it's like this is identical to what they would have done if Ron Paul had been like the presidential contender and then won the election. Right. Yeah. They would yeah, have done every would've, single would've, thing yeah. to him. The same well, thing. Yeah. And, and one of the things, you know, pointing out is like one of the questions I was on Twitter very briefly before I got banned. One of my many alt accounts. 
Yeah, I follow. Not one now. I was actually yeah. under my. I was under my own name, and I usually am. Uh, and and um, to avoid this, but I remember uh, Max Nordau, respecter or whatever, this big DeSantis guy, and I just kept hammering him. I was like, Max, yeah. explain to me how Ron DeSantis is going to win in the upper Midwest. It riddled me that one, Batman. Because yeah. I was like, I just got back from a Trump rally in Dayton, Ohio on a Monday night before the election and 15,000 people showed up. Yeah. And if your boy showed up in the middle of nowhere, Michigan, on a on a weeknight, you'd be lucky if like 100 people showed up. Yeah. It's yeah. like, look, you got to see reality for what it is. Trump is uh, is the closest thing to a world historical figure that yeah. we have right now. That guy is something... He is a meteor. He's something unusual, potent, vital. You can use all the adjectives you want. He is not like these other people. And, and no. then it becomes about policy wonkery, which turns into policy yeah. wankery. And, and it's just, there's no point. It's yeah. like, I don't care. Yeah. It's like, I don't care. For one, you people don't understand how power works, as evidenced by the fact that you, you really haven't won that much. And Trump yeah. has won in the sense of he causes these people to go crazy and reveal mm -hmm. who they are. And that is about the best you're going to do right now is just yeah. get come to grips with what's happened to the country. If we can do that, then we can start addressing the real problems. And but instead, it's like, here's my 10,000 word essay on why actually 2016 didn't happen. And I was right all along, if you really think about it. And I'm a genius. Yeah. And it's I, whatever. Yeah. Marco Rubio would have totally beat Hillary Clinton anyway. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah like, for real. Yeah, until the, the blackmail tapes on him drop. <laughs> the phone parties come out. Yeah, yeah well, I, I, you know, who can say? Who can say? It's just like <laughs> Marco Rubio. Yeah, that's a guy who if you airdrop him into, you know, Ohio, people will just, off oh, flock to hear his words. Yeah. Like, no, 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 no. L look at reality. Look at reality. No. Yeah, exactly. it was. I mean, yeah, we we said that's the whole time that like the point of Trump is not Trump. It's it's like he's a proxy, you know. Yeah. And it's not even a, it's not even about like restoring our faith in the American system. No, he's our proxy because we're pissed off at the regime yeah. that hates us. Mm -hmm. We want to express our hatred back at the regime. And if you give us approved candidates like DeSantis and all the you know consultancy class gurus yeah. are riding up behind Santos, like that's a big red flag. Nobody wants that anymore. We're done with yeah. Bush. We're done with uh, that whole yeah. world of GOP. So yeah, no, it's that's over. I mean, and people keep talking about the future, and I'm like, look, there is no future in Ron DeSantis and company. There's nothing there. It's a, look with the way the immigration trends are going. I mean, and, and these things can be hard to predict. I'm just pointing out. It's like, yeah. will you even be politically relevant? You, you, they, the the plan for the country is is the the favelization of the world. Yeah. It's the global slum. Yeah. That's yeah. the plan. That's what they want for you. And you either get that or you don't. You either see it or you don't. You either yeah. can recognize reality and see what's coming or you just are in, in a dream dream world, dream space, clown clown country. Yeah. You know, there's there's a unicycle in your mind. You know, it's like with the Homer Simpson, with like the monkey hitting the symbols <laughs> inside the bed. That's, right. like, that's what it is. That's like what's going on. Yeah, there was a there was a tweet from, you know, I get well, a colleague of yours, actually, uh, Miles uh, Smith. Uh, at Hillsdale, oh, yeah, Dr. Smith, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, and he was, and he said, and I, I, you know, I want to be fair to him, uh, but it was just comical, man. Where he's, he's like, people are not prepared for the reality of what politics post Trump is going to look like, right? It's, it basically, assuming that everything's going to revert back to the mean, 
that we're just going to go back yeah. to the Bush years and the Bush Republican Party or, or whatever. And it's like, man, you do not get it at all. Yeah, I, it's I, that, I, the toothpaste out of the tube. Yeah. It's not going back. Well, and I, I think a big part of that is what they're doing to Trump right now. You, you, you have to get what that is, right? Yes. They want to put him in prison. They want to put him in prison, and they they are trying. They have arrested him. I mean, they, multiple yeah. times. I mean, or, or is no one paying attention to what that means? Yeah. It's yeah. like, yeah. and then be, I, I was at a, 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 a what I what shall remain unnamed conservative conference uh, in the spring of last year, right after Trump was like in the process, he was getting arrested for something, mm -hmm. and all these attendees are talking about like religion in the public life and like things like and I. And one of the questions I was like, okay, so they did arrest the former president. Like, what do you make of that? And um, you could just tell there was like, that made people really uncomfortable. And it was mm -hmm. like, but you, you, you got to get what that means. They're using every means at their disposal to try and get this guy out of office and, and to harm yeah. him. And, or, you know, th this is not Republicanism. It's not democracy. If you think the system no. is going to work, you, you're already lost. But if you come to it like, yep, yeah, this system is broken then you can start to see reality. Yeah, you're, see you're already in a third world banana republic. I mean, the 2020 election, that's that's what it was, yeah. <laughs> right? I don't know, you know, we're on, on YouTube, so there's not, you know, much we could say, you know, it was fortified. Uh, but <laughs> but like, like, I don't know how people could witness that wow. happen. And then everything after that with him being arrested and indicted, uh, being, yeah. uh, being sued for uh, defending himself against a false rape charge and then... Uh, losing the lawsuit for oh, defending yeah. himself, right. like and losing right. eighty million dollars, yeah, like, like all of that, it, it's 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 insane. Rule of right? law, You're, yeah. you need to be a rule of law respecter. You don't understand all the people who said that Donald Trump um, urinated on prostitutes in Moscow. They weren't slandering him. Yeah. That was that yeah. could have been true, but this crazy lady who doesn't remember even what year, you know, she was allegedly touched in her no no place by the Donald. You have to understand, it's wrong to attack her. It's wrong. Yeah, you can't. At a certain point, it's like, look, I'm not going to convince people with arguments. It, it, you, you just either you get it or you don't. Arguments are for people whose brains are on. And a lot of these yeah. people are fanatics. They're ready yeah. to die for the Fuhrer. In the case, the Fuhrer is Joe Biden and <laughs> global liberalism, mass migration from Somalia. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. No, they, 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 they are uh, fanatics. That's that's exactly it. And and. I mean, and it isn't, it isn't just, I mean, it is, I mean, Trump is the, obviously the canary in the coal mine for all of it that should make people see what's actually going on. But you just saw it like this week, uh, Mark Stein was sued for defamation for oh, like right. arguing with, with, about climate change. And of course you have, um, you know, Doug Mackey, uh, yeah. uh Vaughn going to prison yeah. for memes. And then, I mean, all of the, the J sixers who, you know, if they just, Got near the. I mean, there are people that are being charged with felonies for going near the Capitol, not even going in it. Yeah, and, and, and like hundreds of people. Yeah, um, I, think, I think I know about a half dozen people who are currently facing or have faced criminal charges related to what amounts substantially to political activity, and their yeah. lives are being wrecked over this. Yeah, going going to a protest, and you're yeah. you're going to go to prison over it. it it's yeah. And, and so if you think like we have a, it's America, we have a constitution, there's rule no. of law. It's like no, no, there is not. There isn't, isn't. And the backdrop too is we had the most destructive riots in our lifetimes and nothing happened and nothing happened to those people. But, yeah. All. And Jim Jordan just came out with some report about how payment processors and banks like, you know, Stripe and others are keeping track of purchases at fire from firearms and pawn shops. 
it's like you got you have a social credit system you yeah. I, i'm censored i'm censored and i believe i'm censored because of the american government i actually know that to be true yeah. there were military officers in uniform who mass reported my account in order to get me censored yeah that's what happened i know that happened they leaked yeah. my personnel file illegally yeah this is still not i'm still and i'm still trying to fight um to get the foia requests for them to unlo unlock the the ramifications of the reports on the investigation but I know, I know that happened. I watched it happen. I, and I, I lost my voice because of it. And then people will talk to me about free speech and the rule of law. And it's just like, what, what are you talking about? Like, what free speech? I can't talk on Twitter, the biggest social media platform in the world. I can't do it, right? Yeah, which is supposedly free now. And Yeah, uh, and it's like, even Elon Musk. It's like, look, I think Musk has done some good things. And there are more important voices than mine who have been taken out of the band hammer slammer. But, you know... Uh, that's just the reality is like, I'm still, I'm still over here, unable to, 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 to have a voice and say in my own country, a country in whose uniform, I, I mean, people forget this, you know, I served the country. I, I mean, or yeah. I wanted to serve, you know, protect my rights and liberties. I, I did have that in mind when I was a young man joining the military and I get, I'm critical now, but that's kind of the yeah. right. I, you know, they still serve who stand and wait. And you know, that's what I did. And then it's kind of like, well, you're really bad actually. It's like, what, what crime did I commit? Yeah. I would, you know, I would really love if Elon Musk would get up there and be like, actually, just say it. Just say the words. Just call me a name. Say yeah. Josiah Lippincott is really bad. And that's yeah. why we have him banned. It'd mm -hmm. be more honest. Just be honest. Don't mm -hmm. don't don't pussyfoot behind the door. Like we safety, <laughs> community standards, blah, 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 blah. No, no, just say it. So um one of the things I want to ask you, I mean, because it's all been you know, CJ loves this because it's it's all black billing. Uh, so <laughs> CJ is a very Spangler build. Uh, optimism is cowardice. I live in, I live in California, so yeah, many, many such cases. There's right. Spanglers, Spanglers running like wildfire on the right. Yeah, yeah, but uh, I mean, what what do you see sure. like as far as the optimistic case of of how things could go from here? Uh, because I, you know, I, I think these things are happening. I mean, sometimes. Stuff like this has to happen in order for, you know, political will to be summoned. Like you look at, I, I look at the example of, of like El Salvador, um, yeah. that they had the highest murder rate in the world. And then boom, here comes uh, Bukele. And now it's a free and safe and prosperous orderly society. And they just, they just jailed all the bad people, right? Go, yeah. go figure. Uh, and, and so, but it took, things being extremely bad. I mean, in, in ways that we can't even fathom in America, even to, yeah. even right, right, right. having said all everything we did right. um, for to, for that will to be summoned. And I, I feel like it's starting to happen very, very slowly, yeah. much more slowly than I want it to. But I mean, do you, do you agree with that? Do you think that change is coming? The things, things are going to get better politically that we're going to, that leaders will arise to, to fight it to win uh and and yeah. yeah that there's there's a reason for optimism well there's always a reason for optimism you know uh there's a quote i like you know as long as man is continues to be created by uh man in the sun as opposed to man in the laws there's always nature and there's always something mm -hmm. in man that that can't just be beaten out of him by authority the laws mm -hmm. and so um that's always that's always a possibility and i think there's always going to be and not always in large numbers, but I think there always are what I would call real men who are not yeah. simply slavish to 
the commands of the primordial ooze and who want more and who want something better. And um, I think there are a lot of those types in our time, and I think they're becoming more of them. I got a lot more clear politically once I saw, you know, I, I mean, I think I have some good instincts politically. Mm-hmm. I gravitated to Trump very early and, and mm-hmm. in the fall of 2015 when I got out of OCS. I mean, I wouldn't been, I'd been following the news while I was uh, basically in a boot camp environment. But mm-hmm. as soon as I got out, I was like, Trump's my guy. And, you know, I, I, I think there are I'm not the only one. There's a lot of people who are becoming more clear about what's really going on in our regime. And it doesn't take that many of those types of people to really change things. A lot of that NPC meme is right. There's a lot of people. If the rainbow flags got replaced with swastikas, it would there wouldn't be any meaningful change in their no. lives. I mean, they could go from extreme left to extreme right without any kind of cognitive dissonance because that's not the way they live their lives it's like whatever's popular that's what i'm gonna do Mm -hmm. um and you know that's obviously very problematic but it shows it's just not they're they're actually the actual amount of people in the country who are really political like not is actually pretty small and and i kind of argued at points it's like young white men with guns are really important demographic within the regime and, and I would arguably say the most important. That's how political power gets exercised. And the regime knows that. If you look mm-hmm. at like any special operations unit, if you look at who is at the tip of the spear, and when they mm-hmm. when they went arrest a J6 dude and they send in a battalion of these, you know, joint terrorism task force types. And so it, it shows you that political power for the regime depends actually a very small foundation. And um it's possible to erode that support, I think. And I've been working at that for the last couple of years of just making clear to young your men. Band. Yeah. yeah, it's like to make clear to young men who have those talents, you need to understand the regime is trying to abuse you. It's abusing your patriotism. It's abusing your loyalty. And it, and it's, it's, it is racial and it is political and, and it is um, religious. You know, mm-hmm. it, you know, conservatives, that makes them really uncomfortable. But I think that's changing too because it's just becoming mm-hmm. obvious. I mean, they make it, clear like you cannot do you yeah the crazy has ramped up dramatically and uh, i think that is in a way liberating it's liberating for thought and i think you know to go back to the question the the greatest source of optimism today is the possibility of young men asserting themselves and and and, um, wanting to lead i mean i think there's there's very few things you can do more important than to cultivate your body your mind and your ambition if you're a young man no, I, I agree with that. I for sure. I think the I think that immigration plays into that though. You know, like you can overwhelm a system with just a bunch of invaders and you can overwhelm, you know, like sure. key areas. And that's like I think that's part of the point of immigration is to just overwhelm like city centers and political centers and all that with um like just you because you can't like politically act. Like I, like in my town in California, they're trying to deputize um and allow like illegal immigrants to hold actual police power like in this state like do you think <laughs> those great. do you think those types of people are going to push back against like Newsom's insanities no they're going to be all on no. board with it like immigration yeah. is their way of circumventing young men who are trying to find a way to preserve what they have yeah no i agree with you i just you know uh what can <laughs> You know, it's like people talk about there's no way all these people could go back. It's like, oh, there is a way. I mean, it some of it makes people sad to see them, but there's been a lot of what euphemism would be, um, you know, the, the left is engaged in, in uh, population transfers throughout the 20th mm-hmm. century. 
I mean, mm -hmm. I don't know why anyone would think that's that couldn't happen again. I think after World War II, the Allies basically ethnically cleansed huge swaths of Europe. That's why there yeah. are only Poles in Poland. There right. used to yeah. be Germans and Czechs and yeah. Ukrainians. and Oh, no, 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 no. That's not the way that is now. And, you know, you can use and it's like the, the best thing if you were the regime is don't provoke more. I mean, I'm not, I don't sit here saying you what I really want is just crazy stuff to happen. It's like, no, mm -hmm. I want to avoid that if if we can do it. And and I support moderate centrism. I'm I support Donald Trump and a colorblind meritocracy. I think that's probably the best we can do right now. And, and but this regime, they should let it happen. They should have let Trump won. They should have let the 90s happen for as yeah. long as possible. Don't do the crazy. Don't yeah. regress to the the resentful mean, uh, but they can't. And so no. you know, you can try all the mass immigration stuff, but then you have people like, well, you know, you bust these people in. What if we just bust them all back? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, and that 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 point that that you make, we've we've made that several times before too. You know, it's funny, like uh, uh, the wavelength is that we're on is the same. Where it's like it, they could have they could have just let Trump do his presidency. And yeah. and not obstructed him in the insane ways, just in the normal political process, you know, not vote for the things that he wanted to or, or whatever. Um, and what would have what would have happened? Nothing like it would like things would have been normal. <laughs> they could have actually reverted back to the previous paradigm of, you know, Mitt Romney type Republicans in charge of everything. And and that that's gone now. Uh, because they ramped up the crazy, the there is a necessary reaction to it, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And and so that's, I mean, it, that that alone like gives me a ton of hope. Is it forces people to come to grips with, right? You have like drag queens in every, in public yeah. libraries in like small towns in in Minnesota, where where I live, in military people uniform. see this. Yeah, yeah, well, that too, and the, the the furry masks and things like that. Yeah. It's it's all, all all of this insanity is everywhere, and it's it's forcibly put there by law by yeah. by political power, and 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 people like normal people who just want to grill and watch NFL football and not care about right. anything, uh, see this and are like, "This is messed up. This is bad. Yeah. I want someone to fix it." Yeah, and and, yeah. that number grows. Yeah. And, and I think even more than that, you have a lot of young men and I would say people who are kind of in my situation who look at the world and like, wait a second, this is bad for me. For one, you yeah. know, and I, I get it's like trying to explain things to live boomers I said, OK, so you've got all these young men of talent out there. You're not going to promote them. You're going to call them racist and you're going to make them miserable. And the expectation is they're going to do what you want them to do. It's like, do you not understand that you kind of need them? You need them to be well paid. You need them to have positions of responsibility and to be on your team. That's called legitimacy. That's how you get it. Yeah. And it's like, no, we're just actually going to flip those people the bird. Uh, and we're going to, you know, em embrace diversity in the craziest way. You know, yeah. libs could just talk about diversity. You could make that. Man, I just love how much diversity we have. I mean, you could make it, you have, oh, we have so many Poles and Italians and Hungarians. You could do any of that kind of, you know, yeah. you could be like, oh, you know, we, and, and, but to embrace it in, in the dumbest way possible, like affirmative action for people who are straight up incompetent and in key mm -hmm. positions of leadership, 
that is not going to go well. I mean, it's like all the stuff Boeing's got wrong. It's like, yeah, everybody knows. It's like you could have just said we really love diversity. But meanwhile, we're going to keep all of our engineers as really smart white dudes who are making a ton of money and super happy. <laughs> we love but we love diversity and meritocracy and whoever has a talent will hire. And that could even yeah. be true. I mean, I, I yeah. support that. But you got to do the crazy our transgender ceo has embraced drag queens as pilots and it's racist to to put bolts inside the engine to keep it to the aircraft you understand that's the patriarchy yeah that's that's part of the humiliation ritual like they they need that aspect of it too like it's not just about you know like coming on board with the narrative it's like they have a deep-seated hatred of western civilization i think oh, that yeah. drives a lot of it too yeah they're just boiling with resentment i mean that yeah. is it's like when you see fat ugly obese liberals what is it it's, it's adipose tissue is also just resentment i think it's a physical manifestation yeah. of the vicious hatred yeah. of life and they can't yeah. stop themselves because in a way western civilization is really triggering it like yeah. think about what it's like you have yeah. to wash your hands you got to remember every day to brush your teeth you can't drink while you're driving because that's there's rules and laws and order and time you got to show up you, mm-hmm. if you aren't in that you you forget just how um how oppressive that can feel it's like that's right you got to repress your lower instincts you can't just wild out but it's like but there's yeah. that human type like it just wants to dissolve itself back into the the ooze and be like i just want to live in a world where all I have to do is worry about filling my stomach and, and rubbing my genitals. And that is, a, it's just a spiritual orientation that humankind, you, you within man, there are two wolves. Mm-hmm. And there's a, you just, you're never getting rid of it. Yeah. You got to yeah. choose. Civilization is not a thing that just happens. It's a choice that you make. And if you can even make that choice, if that's a choice yeah. that's available to you, which, you know, that's a deeper, deeper question, but. You know, and again, but, you know, defenders of, you know, conservatives like, well, I, I, I don't want I, I want civilization without having to be mean. And it's like, well, but civilization is kind of mean. It just is. It's yeah. like oh, you cannot do whatever you want with your lower organs. You just can't. Yep. You can't do that. And have yep. civilization. You got to say it. And that makes people sad. But yeah. you got to do it if you want to have. Well, life. and it's it's I mean, it's a lot of it is just. um you know, the feminization of the culture is that like, it takes men to be able to say mean things that are sometimes unpopular oh, yeah. that are true and right. But like women, generally speaking, they want, they want peace. They want, um, you know, everyone to get along. Right? That's yeah. like the mode that they're in. Like that's how God made them to, to want uh, to pursue peace uh, within, you know, social structures. <laughs> I think that's their mode within social, like appropriate social structures. But when you give yeah. them like pi- like power and they like they run a gynocracy, like then you're gonna get like a whole bunch of petty fights everywhere. <laughs> that's what you're seeing. Oh yeah, like, yeah. I, I just wrote a really long piece on this, um, inspired by all the recent coverage. I wrote it on Taylor Swift and kind of what her art tells us. And and you know, yeah. the conclusion I came to is you know Taylor's life. Her music and her work embody the problem faced by a lot of these women. In some yeah. of her songs, she there's this great strong, great song that she has, "Invisible String," and she's like, "It's all about how destiny's bringing her together with the man that she knows she needs to love." But it, there's no compass. She says this: "There's no compass and no sign." And I was like, "Right," because yeah. that's accident, and just stuff's happening yeah. to you, and you don't know what's going on. And it's like you need an authority. You need someone who authoritatively is telling you stop 
wilding out. You're hurting yourself. Do you like this? Do you like being in pain? Do you like having boyfriend (laughs) after boyfriend break your heart? And it's like Taylor can make it into art that's compelling to millions of women. But if you're an ordinary woman, the reason you find that compelling is you're getting raked over the coals spiritually. Mm-hmm. And, and there's no upside. There's no private plane and billion dollar, you know, world tour on the other side of it. It's just domestic and personal chaos. And, yeah. and the point is, is, and, you know, there's this slogan on the right. You know, men just need to man up and, and, and marry those hoes is one way of putting this. <laughs> and, and my point would be like, oh, no, men do need to man up, but mm-hmm. not to serve. It's to it's to lead and, and to, to be authoritative. Yeah. Be like yeah. it, it just so many things in life can just be stopped if one man stands up and says, We are not going to do the crazy. We're just not doing it. And I'm not yeah. going to stand for it. It's like, yeah. you know, how many marriages could be saved if you these women who are like, I'm unhappy, my life is so miserable, you don't understand me, I've fallen out of love, my passions are going crazy. And a man <laughs> just stands there like, No, we're not going to blow up our lives because yeah. of your feelings. <laughs> we're yeah. not going to wreck civilization because you saw a photo that made you sad. We're not going to do that. And it's like, you know, you need women. Women are great. Women help make civilization possible. Women provide for the future. I, I, I you know, I think marriage is great. I like being around my wife. I think it's awesome. I want her to have a great life. But the point is, is you, if you want civilization, you have to have the strength and the willingness to to, to, to push and be like, no, we're not doing the crazy. I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to let you hurt yourself and, and, and keep ripping up your life over insanity. And, um, that man, we need that as a civilization, like right now. Yeah. More yeah. Than and ever. that's, I mean, this is, this is a subject we talk about, you know, quite a, quite a bit here. Um, just within the context of, of the church, um, that, that your, your typical, you know, evangelical church, um, is is kind of cratic and it's you know an evangelical megachurch is built for women right to yeah. the the sermons are made for women all the worship music is for women to make them feel good and there are precious few like tiny tiny few pastors who talk like the way you just did for the last yeah. couple of minutes right yeah. almost, almost nobody because the second you do that you're gonna be run out of your church you're not gonna have a job and you're you're gonna your family's gonna starve and so you you got to keep the women happy. You can't say step on any toes, but like there are entire chapters in the Bible that say the husband is the head of the home. The wife has to submit right. to him. They don't ever touch right. those. They they're terrified of those. They can't talk about those ever. Yeah. Uh, but that's the reality. Like the Bible is placed in the reality of the world that God created. Right, right. And there it is. Like you got to say it. And I would add just to that is I've seen that same tendency in, in Catholic churches, in all churches, every denomination. Yeah. We've all got the same problem. Nietzsche has this great line. Yeah. I think it's in, um, oh, I'm going to forget. It, it, in one of his accounts is, you know, that God has become a grandmother, just like really nice and like mm-hmm. about helping your feelings. And God isn't judge. He's not the father who um, is authoritative. And then it becomes about your feelings. and then, But then it becomes empty. It's like women are not happy right now. And, and no just the amount of misery that I see is amazing. And a lot of it is self-inflicted. And a lot of it is also driven, you know, by the lack of cultural norms. It's a lack of guidance that helps you live your life in a healthy way. It's especially bad among blue collar Americans. I mean, they just have been ravaged. I mean, and, and, and it's really hard. Um, You know, like if you're a high school educated man in America, Mm -hmm. and you're just in a blue collar town, the idea that you're going to marry a woman who's not overweight, and does not have children from a prior relationship is t- 
ten percent, twenty, maybe. maybe. I mean, it's just not your life. You're that that isn't your wife is going to weigh more than you. That just is you go into yeah. it knowing that's your future yeah. is the SpongeBob, um, you know, sweatpants at the Walmart. In 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 and and it, it's it's horrible. It's like that's yeah. bad for everybody involved. And I I know. I have a lot of haters, a lot of people who don't like me. They don't like the way I put things. They don't like my tone. I can't imagine. No. Yeah. But the point (laughs) I always make is say, look, I actually want things to be better. And I am committed to that. I live that way myself. Yeah. It's like I I do not hate women. I don't like seeing them miserable. That's not good for me. It's like – yeah, and it's it just the willingness, and I would say to, to go back to the question about religion in the church, is the priestly virtues are not the same as the virtues of the wise or of the virtues of the warrior. They're different. Piety is not courage. Piety is not wisdom. And, and you know, a huge problem in these churches is you have people who, I mean, I think at this point they should just ban the sermon slash homily. Because <laughs> these guys don't know. They can't do it. They no. just want to blather because they think that the way is to just do this, go along, get along and not confront anything serious. It's like at this point, just stop. Just yeah, it's 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 not the play. You you're, you don't want to. It's like we live in a country where Christianity is under attack from the leading heresy of our day, which is liberalism and, and, and communism. Yeah. And, and the church can't even. It wants to make peace there, and it won't be able to do that. I think ultimately. Well, yeah, because you're right. It's it's led by it's led by by priests in in the that paradigm that that you present. It's not led by warriors, and in in the history of the church, there are periods where the the leaders of the church are much more martial and warlike, yeah. uh, and 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 fight and are willing to are willing to die for what they believe. And I I mean I go into it like I. Uh, I mean, when I, when I, I preach, oh man, like I, I, th- I think about that a lot, right? I think about that uh, as I'm, pre- I'm, I'm like right now I'm preaching through the book of Acts mm-hmm. and, you know, you have the apostles are, are going like Paul, the sermons I'm preaching now, everywhere he's going, he's being beaten and stoned and attacked. And I think like, I mean, think, think about the leaders we have today in the church. Do yeah. we, do we have anyone <laughs> like that? Yeah. At all. I mean, look at look at what happened in 2020. You didn't yeah. have anybody, hardly anybody, a handful of guys who fought to keep their churches open. Yeah. And, and, and my, well, the church I was attending at the time did shut down. I sent in a reply all to the congregation to that, that memo. And then I was removed <laughs> from the email list. But it was great. There was a, it wasn't like I could like face social pressure at church. It was yes. closed. Um, but, you know, you're, you're right on that point, I think, in the sense of um, – we need that more spirited, thumatic drive. Um, you know, just to, there's this kind of thing that floats around on the right. Like Christianity is kind of a gay religion. It's like for women, all this kind of thing. And, and it's like, look, that's not how this works. You know, it's it, Christianity has a long tradition of martial virtue and power and conquest. You can argue that's biblical or not. You can't deny the Christians have been some of the most ruthless and efficient killers in human history. Just simply put, whether you think that was good or bad. And the point is, paganism, atheism, Islam, Judaism, Christianity, can you? there are ways of interpreting all of these belief systems in ways that are life-affirming and strong and, and, and manly, and in ways that are mm-hmm. mediocrity-embracing, death-embracing, and in decline. You can do it either. You There's always a way to make that go one way or the other. And so the question of 
so people just get way too hung up on that. It's like you're not paying attention to the phenomenon itself. Like what is going on here? The ex the expression of religious life is mediated through the people who express it in some mm -hmm. critical way. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I, I, you know, like some, yeah, it's, it, it's, a, it's a huge problem, I think, in our time where pastors and priests have really just failed their congregations in a significant way. But it's also an opportunity. It's like because mm -hmm. it says to those who are willing to take a stand, you know, or then that will come to the fore. And I think it's kind of yeah. inevitable if there's a civilization left for us to to save or preserve. Yeah. I think that, I think there will be, <laughs> that's the hope. I'm hopeful. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you, you know, it's, what are you going to do? Like, you know, what do you like bury me and put it on my headstone? Well, at least he was right. <laughs> that's right. Well, uh, I know, uh, we wanted, I don't know how much more time you have. I hope we, I hope you have more time, uh, here. Cause I wanted to talk to you about, you know, your PhD, uh, thesis, uh, cause you, you told us a little bit about it yeah. and I'm fascinated by it. We had a yeah. conversation with uh, Lafayette Lee a few months back about the new deal and uh, FDR. Ah. And, uh, and so, yeah, we're very interested in, in those, uh, subjects. So tell us a little about your, your PhD, uh, that yeah. you're, you're working on your, your yeah, dissertation. This, yeah, the sneak preview. Um, well, the, the dissertation was sparked by, um, uh, my service in the Marine Corps, I was uh, sent to Okinawa for seven months um, mm. on a deployment, you know, so they sent us mm -hmm. there. We were stationed out of California, but then we were sent out there for a couple months. And while I was there, I got really interested in how America got there. Like, why am mm -hmm. I on this base on Okinawa? Like, what happened? Mm -hmm. And so in the process, I really started digging into World War II in the Far East and getting into the causes of the war and then the aftermath. And so um, my dissertation is sort of an exploration of America's founding principles, contrasting them to FDR and progressive principles, and then the conduct of the war, and then the creation of the new world order after 1945. So it's a, it's a kind of a sweeping topic, but made sim more simpler or more simple by the um, uh, the focus on these sort of snapshots and these, the, the question of justice. You know, what what what. What, what role did justice and ideas of justice play in the in the progressive and liberal internationalist imagination? Mm -hmm. um, and so it's a revealing topic, and I think I've really made some kind of original headway and insight into what's going on. So do you think the, uh, like a lot of people on the right, you know, refer to it in Burnham's words, like the Manjaro revolution. I mean, like, would you call that basically like a, a point of major change when the entire system transformed into something else? Yeah, I mean, I think the liberal period definitely transformed America in some very key ways. Um, the progressives put a lot more emphasis on, on expertise and management. Um, but mm -hmm. you know, what I really get into is the changing view of justice. They abandoned the older natural rights framework that the founders had used, which sees the nation exists to preserve the rights of the people. It does not exist to end bad things happening in other places. We're not here to. And then you're, it's really kind of a non-interventionist form of government. Other than when you're in self-defense, like you can trade with other powers, but Russia, for instance, is being mean to Ukraine. The founders would have looked at that and said, we have nothing to do with this conflict. And that actually sprung out of the world order that existed from about the 1600s through 1945, which was that, you know, war was presumed. The question of the justice of each conflict was not the question of legitimacy under international law. It, it, it so the the bracketing of war that's kind of a schmidtian term from carl schmidt you need to bracket conflicts and the question isn't who's right and wrong it's the question of you need to follow certain 
objective, generally observed rules. You need to have a state, a flag, a command structure. You need to, you know, you need to take prisoners a certain way. Amnesty follows a certain um, a surrender and amnesty go together. That follows a certain mm -hmm. form. And, and that older way of war and that way of conceiving of political life was a lot more restrained than the post-1945 um, globalist international view, which I think just ultimately dissolves all authorities um, and, and wages war on the state. So we're living in the, the, the catastrophic consequences of the creation of that world order. Um, and mm -hmm. it's worth exploring. Um, yeah. I was to a scholar the other day and he was like kind of just kind of he kind of you could tell when he was like do you think that the right is going to spend the next few decades refighting world war ii and he kind of had this sigh as he said it and, I, and, and my response was yeah we will mm -hmm. because um that war created our world order and and so mm -hmm. my take is not it's 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 not about saying well the fascists were actually right my point is that the war was transformative and, and there were more choices than just the, the dichotomy presented between you had to choose authoritarianism or freedom. That wasn't the choice yeah. because we allied ourselves with Joseph Stalin. And that's really problematic. And when you yeah. start getting into the relationship between the United States and the Soviets and the and the communists more broadly, it's very troubling, very, mm -hmm. very troubling. And mm -hmm. it's like, did we need to do that? Was that? And then the way it's presented in historiography is there was no choices. No one could have done anything other than what they did. And I'm here to say that's not true at all. There were mm -hmm. options that were, I think, better, and they were did not involve giving billions of dollars in aid to Joseph Stalin and mm -hmm. Mao Zedong and mm -hmm. Ho Chi Minh. Um, and we can talk about that if you want, but ooh, the war in the East caused some some problems, to put it to put it mildly, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we we definitely should talk about that. How much do you have? Uh, how much time do you have, CJ? I'm good for now. I mean, okay, I'm good. Chatting. Sure. Yeah. All right, we'll we'll do a second hour. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, uh, I want to be you know sensitive to your time too, Josiah, because sure. we really appreciate you coming. Uh, but yeah, I, I I think I mean even just focusing on the East, because uh, it, it, it it's called a world war, and yeah. it, it is obviously a world war. But uh, the two theaters are are so. Uh, so very different um, yeah. just even from like the domestic perspective like in, in November December 1941 before Pearl Harbor um, people were not totally opposed to going to war with Japan uh, right. it was still was not popular it wasn't a majority right, of right, people right. but it was overwhelmingly unpopular to go to war with Germany whatsoever it was like 80 80 plus percent of the country was against warfare with Germany and we were already at war with Germany as of September yeah. 1941 Yes. Uh, <laughs> like yeah. we were bombing German submarines. Yeah. Yeah. Nine, yeah. September 11th, 1941, very important date. And, and, and so um, I guess, you know, if we just want to focus on, on the East, uh, I mean, we could look at both of them. Uh, Cause it's, this is a topic where I could spurg out here for like, you know, five time. hours. Let's go. Right. <laughs> but, um, no, I, I think like the, the East, especially, um, you know, allying with, with Joseph Stone, like that's the thing. I remember being a, um, a seventh grader and we're doing a, our year long World War Two history unit. Mm -hmm. And and I was, you know, when you're 13 years old, you're you have to pick a thing to be interested in anyway. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I picked World War Two and I was reading all about it and fascinated by it, reading biographies of MacArthur and, and Patton and everything. And I, I remember thinking like, 
wait a second, like Joseph Stalin killed tens of millions of people. Yeah. And we went on his side. You're right. That's weird. Um, it is weird. Why did well, that happen? Yeah, it's a more complicated question. You know, um, it, you know, and it, it shows, I think once you one of the problems with talking about the European theater of the war is that it's so tied into our domestic politics now. Like Adolf Hitler isn't, is no longer a historical figure. He's a, uh, he's a religious figure. Yeah. And, and he's, he's the sort of the antithesis of what is everything that's good, true and beautiful. And so it, it when you talk to people about, because, you know, everyone's a Nazi. The Russians call the Ukrainians Nazis. The Ukrainians yeah. call the Russians Nazis. Putin is a Nazi. Zelensky's a Nazi. Trump, you know, yeah. Biden. Every, it's, like, it's just it's so rife in our political discourse. It's almost yeah. impossible, I think, to get clear on that in a sort of serious and, and, and mm. analytical way. But the Far East is different because people know less about it. And it's not so mm. it's not so fraught mythologically mm -hmm. or religiously it doesn't have the same moral weightiness and so you can yeah. actually look at the history and treat it just well, what happened uh mm -hmm. and then analyze it and you know one of the key takeaways i've had is um the united states under fdr and under harry s truman had just made insane i think you know mm -hmm. decisions in the far east we in in vietnam and indochina we assisted Ho Chi Minh in taking over the country in yeah. 1945. The OSS at the very end of the war, we the, the, the FDR was like, I want the French out of their colony in Indochina. They need to be gone. And he tells this to Stalin. At one point of the Tehran conference in private conversation, Stalin and FDR talking and FDR is like, I want to see reform along Soviet lines in India. And it's Stalin who moderates him. And this is all in the, the Foreign Relations of the United States documents online. You can all just go read the, the minutes. I think it's Charles Bolin is the guy who does all the minutes for that yeah. particular meeting. It's just right there. And, and it's Stalin who's like, whoa, I don't know if we should do the communism thing in India. Um, <laughs> but the United States in 1943, there was a report from the OSS. And the OSS was like, we want to start a communist insurgency inside of Indochina. We want to start a terror bombing campaign, assassinations and propaganda for the sake of getting the Japanese out. And we want to use a guy who, and they used one of the pseudonyms of Ho Chi Minh. We want to, we want to link up with that guy. And we want to link up with him using Zhu Enlai, which was the second in command of Mao in China. Mm -hmm. That was the plan. And, you know, FDR was wanted to have the native Vietnamese in charge of their country at some point in the future and helped facilitate to make that happen. We, when the Japanese coup, the French forces, the Vichy French forces out of power officially in March of 1945, the United States did not intervene to keep the French in place. We did not try and stop the Japanese from kicking them out. And they actually, the French at that point went to Dien Bien Phu, which would become famous mm -hmm. later for the battle in the 1950s. And then, <clears throat> you know, they weren't, they did not have the assistance of the American government. FDR explicitly was like, do not help them. And, and that goes to show you that FDR was always intent on destroying the European Christian empires. It was always mm -hmm. intent. He held that view from, I think, as early as 1928 and followed through in the war. And the only reason that didn't fully happen was because he was dying. I, I, I'm convinced. Yeah. You know, why? The so why? Like, well, FTRs are such a weird like like what what animated him? What did he want? Liberalism. Was it he ideological or was it material? Yeah, it was it's it's he he was Antifa in the sense 
I think that they are now kind of more or less not as fervent in some ways, but in one of his in a memorandum of a conversation that he had with one of his advisors, um, the memo says that um, FDR at one point made the comment that he wanted to liberate 1.1 billion brown people. And I'm quoting FDR in the memo. And he says the the white no I, he wanted to liberate them from their white masters. So he saw it in explicitly racial and ideological mm -hmm. terms that decolonization. He was a liberal progressive in the sense of we need to have planetary uplift for all mankind, and you can't have nation states that are concerned about their quote unquote selfish interests of preserving their natural rights. That's mean. It's it means you're not paying attention to the downtrodden, the the mm -hmm. who need to be uplifted by the wise progressive expert ruling class. And so, you know, that, that was FDR's view of justice. Um, and it's much closer to the one that we have now that you need to concern mm -hmm. at least among us. That is more or less what FDR thought. I mean, it's, you know, somewhat mediated by circumstance, but when it came to decolonization, mm -hmm. that was his view. We need to, and by, by the way, FDR basically expressed in private that he considered the British empire to be on par with, kind of on the same spectrum as Nazi Germany. They're an aggressive power, ruling people without their consent, and that's bad. And kind of at one point, is you know, Churchill would just be berated by FDR in private. You need to you need to let the Indians be on their own country. You're bad. You we need to get rid of all that. And and um there was always, I think, closer ideological affinity between FDR and Stalin. Um you know, FDR and the private notes out of Yalta and at these other conferences, he he bashes Churchill. He says, I you know Churchill wants to empower the French and make them powerful. But I'm telling you here in private, that's bad. I don't want the French back in Indochina. We need to take that from them. And duplicity, too. So, you know, mm -hmm. and a lot of people, I think, they'll be like, you'll talk to boomers. They're like, everything went wrong with Obama. And it's like, <laughs> no, 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 no. no. And it's like, it's in the it would be like the 1960s. No, you got to go further back. And yeah. I think it's really mm -hmm. in the 30s and 40s that you see really clearly the birth of the, the liberal order. I mean, what you're talking about, though, is like, you know, some of the like the racial third worldism, right? Like the like the, the pro like like the revolution against Europe kind of thing. Like a lot of people point to the 60s as the genesis of that. But a lot of those tendencies, you know, We're took there. place, you're saying, in FDR and even earlier. Yeah, he expresses them. I mean, not everywhere, not always in public, but he had mm. that thought in private that this yeah. is bad. You Now, he wasn't like full on. We need to give these people all freedom right away. He wanted like a trusteeship program managed by the UN mm -hmm. and, and, you know, but the point was, you know, Europe in some way is bad. These people think, you know, they, they want to dominate the world. And uh, I think FDR was more ideologically consistent. He was, mm -hmm. he was more radical than people typically gather from his, from the way he's presented it. But in, <laughs> I mean, this, they at one point, FDR wanted to draft American workers. They wanted to socialize the whole economy. Mm -hmm. I mean, and they basically did for several years. Between 1942 and 1945, I don't think there were any new car models made in America. And you have rationing. You have um, freeze on wage increases. That's why we have health insurance now, because yeah. of that. Income yeah. tax, the proliferation of taxation. It's hard to imagine. There was a time in American history where the ordinary person did not pay taxes yeah. yeah. Outside of property taxes, all 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 taxes really were paid through tariffs and through yeah. business taxes. I mean, super wealthy might pay some income, but that wasn't a thing. And and 
FDR transformed all of that. And, and it, yeah. you know, again, it's really not well understood. But yeah, the third worldist, and it's that just goes to the deeper point is the communist re revolution against Christianity and against Europe. That's what that mm -hmm. was. The mm -hmm. hatred of you make me sad. You know, Mao Zedong is a helpful yeah. figure. As, as a young man, Mao Zedong had a, he started a society called Avenge the Shame is the translation from the Chinese. Avenge the Shame. And he felt shame as a peasant, felt just that mm -hmm. resentment. I mean, Mao would unbuckle his pants in public and pick lice out of his pubic hair in public. And you can see that's that middle finger to decency, to standards. It's it's there's something similar between girls screaming F the patriarchy yeah. and Mao picking lice yeah. out of his pubic hair. It, it's this there's a similar psychological and spiritual phenomenon that's. The re revolution against authority and, and the sense that Western civilization had lost its confidence in itself. And, and you see that manifest all throughout all of this. So, OK, so like we have this picture of, um, you know, the way that they thought about the world, the 20th century and Americanism. But, you know, people say that, you know, the United States was always this propositional nation and we always had this outlook. That's kind of how it was founded. But maybe contrast, like what was the actual ethos of justice at the founding? It oh, yeah. Yeah. Great question. Yeah. I mean, I'd say American America is in some way, I mean, not in the cringe way, but there's a proposition at the heart of the country that makes America <laughs> what it is. I mean, there was a time when you had European colonists living in North America, but they weren't, um, uh, you know, they, they, they the colonists weren't Americans. They didn't have their own regime. And so. <laughs> The the, the the quote the real proposition at the heart of the American regime that was formed was the protection of natural rights. And and the idea, and this gets the concept of rights is always under attack by um, quote unquote conservatives today, people like Yoram Hazoni attacking John Locke. There's like a straight line from John Locke to transgender story hour, and it's it is all yes. Um and, and I don't think Hazoni knows Locke very well at all. In fact, I know as much. And then there's um the guy out of Notre Dame, um, Patrick Deneen. Yeah. You know, again, I don't want to be too critical, but I, I would say if he were sitting here right now, I'd be like, I don't, Patrick, you don't understand the founding. You don't understand Locke very well either. Um, and, and that's a problem, but because the founders had a, a, a view of limited government and a view of justice, and they implemented that pretty consistently throughout their whole regime, that we need to protect the people's rights. And that means you need limited government. You need consent. Imagine if we could have government by consent today. That means you can't have illegal immigration and anchor babies. That doesn't work. Yeah. And, you know, when, when the founders meant equality, they meant equal protection of the law. And I would like that. I would like equal protection of the law. <laughs> would be nice. Yeah. It would be nice. It's like, okay, because someone is black doesn't mean you give them special benefits. Because that's what you get in our time. And maybe I'm not allowed to say that. But maybe also people can start thinking. Like, no, it's true. You have, racial, you have racial, open racial preference in your regime. Yeah. And it's it's like... No, it's like, what's that That mom of the kid who shot up the school here in Michigan? And they put her in jail for manslaughter or they sentenced yeah. her just the other day. And I was like, well, I notice you're not doing that to the the parents of urban youths who are misbehaving. In, in Detroit, and, yeah. yeah. And that's just a clear sign of the, the sort of outright. There was, a, in, in, you know, here in Hillsdale, there was a, a young black male who committed um, a shooting, attempted murder, drug deal, gone wrong is the way mm -hmm. I think this is described um so attempted murder uh felon in possession of a firearm drug dealing i think like five different felonies they were trying to get this guy on it was on tape they caught him on tape 
And then they got a dispute, like I think even one of the witnesses like identified this guy. And he went up before the judge after pleading guilty to just one of the charges, felon in possession of a firearm. Max sentence of five years for attempted murder, right? This is a conservative county, 75% for Trump. Gets in front of the judge and the judge is like, I want to give you a second chance. She reduced it down to probation. And I knew a guy who was arrested for drunk driving for pulling into his driveway at two in the morning, driving 25 miles an hour and failing to use his turn signal in his own driveway. And and this is like a guy who barely was over the limit, like one beer an hour, but actually you're actually just right over probation yeah. and you get a moral lecture from the DA. Yeah, you're bad. And it's like, wait a second here. The, you know, and, and the point I made at the time was like, that's misbehavior. You need to equal application of the law. If a white guy commits murder, you should throw the book at him. If yeah. a black guy commits murder or attempted murder, throw the book at him. But yeah. don't sit here and tell me America's justice system is this white supremacist racist thing. It's not true. It's not even close to being true. It's, it's like the exact version. opposite. Yeah, it's yeah. the exact yeah. opposite. And it's bad. It's bad. And so the founders would have looked at that and said, nope, we have the rule of law and you have real consent and you, the protection of your rights. Like protection. Yeah. From people trying to harm you. That's what government is supposed to do. And I wish the right-wingers could just talk about protecting well, people's yeah. rights, enforce the law. That's how the yeah. founders would have talked about it. Yeah, that was – I mean, it, it reminds me – I think it was probably Zero HP Lovecraft or someone like that on Twitter uh, just tweeted about like, okay, if, if a, a normie white guy who's an accountant or something lives in the suburbs, goes into an urban area and, you know, commits – murder and robs people and uh steals right. a car or whatever they would immediately they, there's a million security cameras everywhere they'd they'd catch him in a heartbeat yeah. they yeah. take the cell phone data they do all of that well it's not any different for all of the crime that already happens in the yeah you could right. shut it all down today if yeah. the will was there there was a great it's not there's a great tweet, and I don't know. It's like, man, maybe this is like I forget even the username. Blue falafel. That's like a, it's like a blast of the past. But um, there's this guy. He um, uh, it was tweeting. He said, "Look, the state has a monopoly on violence, and so every time you see crime and violence taking place, therefore the state must have wanted that to happen in some way. Because if they didn't, they'd stop it. It's, it's basically true. I mean." If you if the homelessness crisis in America could be solved like that, if you there, there's harsh ways of solving it. There's nicer ways. But the, the point is, you could solve it if you wanted to. You they, they did it in me. San Francisco when Xi Jinping oh, yes. came. Yeah. <laughs> when it's important, they solve problems. So that means they want homelessness and they like it. That's yeah. what it comes down to. And all the other rationalization like, the, you know, it's like, no, no, you could make this go away right now. It goes back to our point earlier about just a man standing up and saying no. If you did that, a lot of these things would be solved. Bukele walks in. I'm just going to throw people in jail until this goes away. Okay. <laughs> no. And then it works. It's yeah. like, not to, it's like, you wow. know, it's, it's, was it problematic? Yeah, sure. I'm sure they snatched up people who were not doing anything wrong. Um, but the point is, you can either have a country that has like the one of the lowest murder rates in the world or you can have one of the highest. And it would be better to solve your problems without having to resort to extreme measures. So again, I'm a moderate centrist. I believe in, I believe in, I want democracy. Yeah. I wish we could have fair and free elections. That'd be awesome. Yeah. I love Paper the constitution. Ballots. Yeah. So, yeah. I would love to have the constitution. I really do. This, you know, like when um, the constitution talks about um, ourselves and our posterity, they're talking about me because my, my ancestors were here and fought for it. Mm -hmm.
I think it was Samuel Lippincott, one of my my grandfather's grandfather's grandfather, I believe, uh, somewhere something like that. He um he was in the Revolutionary War, and uh, was held as a prisoner of war by the British, and th he fought for the 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 country. Yeah. You know, that's I, I I'd like to have that back, please. Yeah. Um, I don't I don't see why that would be. You know, that worked a lot better than this too, in a lot of ways. But but that's you know. <laughs> Having a country for your posterity—that's that's racist and bad. You can't do that. You can't have that. That's mean. Yeah, I, I've been uh, told. I've been told it's super mean. It's funny. The word nation comes from the Latin from natus, relating to birth. But nobody <laughs> talks. It's like weird. Ooh, I mean, then it's like, well, no, it's a political. It's an economic doing? zone, man. It's it's just random people that are happen to be in a particular area. That's what. Yeah, I tell the libertarians I know. I said I'm totally in favor of free trade. Um, but not, but there are different political regimes. They're not the same. Yeah, they're not the same. And you got to, you, you know, politics, economics, oikos nomos, the way of the household, politics, the science of the city, knowledge of the city, way of the city. You could translate it some of those ways. Okay, the city is in some way more important than the individual household because you got to live together. You got to make it all work, and you need laws to do that. You're never <clears throat> can't. You know, again, it just you got to think about what words mean and what's actually happening. Um, and that's that's always going to be hard for. It's hard when reality is hard to look at. That's what I've noticed. People don't want to know. They don't want to see no. some. No. Some don't. But but I mean, that's that's why we do this. Uh, that's why we have this show to talk about these things, right. because the people watching the and it's yeah. like 98 percent men, uh, according to our YouTube stats. Uh, I'm shocked to hear that. There's no way. <laughs> <laughs> no way i'll show i'll send you a screenshot <laughs> yeah it's, uh, no that's i can't even believe that you got they there's got to be a female fan club What's, have you ever seen the, like the like the, the the categories of books that are bought by men it's like all of the all the categories of books are like bought by women but then it's like yeah. philosophy and politics <laughs> and it's like overwhelmingly male and it's like yeah oh, hmm. oh interesting yeah yeah yeah, but uh, like, you've been socially constructed into doing this. It's oh all, yeah, it's the it's, patriarchy, man. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sure you saw the Barbie movie, right? Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, not yet. You know, it's I've just been <laughs> don't, too, don't. too preoccupied with Gilmore Girls. You know, you That's really right. gotta work your way through the. Hey, the just like yeah, I I want to change the subject here. Can I ask you, like, did you like Hillsdale? Yeah, that was great school. Yeah, I mean, so you think overall Hillsdale has done a good job at um, like holding the fort down and um, not getting caught up in things? I recently wrote an article for American Greatness where I said that Baron Trump should come to Hillsdale uh, in the fall. <laughs> uh, so if Baron's watching or any of the Trump people are watching, you should do that. It'd be good for him. Uh, and I wrote that, and I, I think I said things there that were – that. well, I know I said things there that were true. And um, the – what I said was that Hillsdale College is one of the very few places in America where real learning is possible within an institution. Yeah. And I, I, I believe that to be true. We, we are different than the norm. Um, yeah. And I'm glad there's a place where I can do scholarly work. I, I think it is valuable. It is useful. The project I'm working on for my dissertation is important. It's valuable. And I want to get it done. And I'm glad I can do it here. Um, so there, there are, really good teachers here and it's 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 just it's the best school of its kind now in a way that's a real problem because there's thousands of colleges in america and, and a lot of them are insane and it's bad there's really only a handful of places where you can have real learning and 
you know, Hillsdale's not immune from the the pressures of the the culture and and the, and the regime, but it, it's the best you're you're gonna do now. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I would support cool. it. So, you know, if you if you got a really smart kid and you're like, well, where should I send them? I said, you know, if they're if they're looking at college, you can't can't really do be- better than Hillsdale. Yeah. No, that's good. People are like, oh, I gotta get some technical degree. You know, if you've got anything in you that's like interested in books or or history or um, politics, our politics program is awesome. We have mm-hmm. the yeah. best in the country. I mean, there are smart people elsewhere, but the politics program here, which is the program I've spent my time in, is is excellent. It's just, it, I I don't think it gets better than this. Um, people can fight about that for ideological reasons, and there are places. Do people, do people at professors do they, do they know about your like um, your rocky experience on the internet? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think people know. You, you yeah. know, I and and. I, there are people who know and follow and are interested in it. I, I think, uh, I, you know, I think I say interesting things kind of wherever I go. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to say everyone loves it, but it, you know, it is, I, I try and be earnest and, and serious and, and I think and up morally upright as well. I don't think there's anything I say where it's like a, you know, bad in some way. I think it's, it's always challenging. I mean, I don't expect everybody to agree, but I, I do try and be thought provoking and intelligent. So, I mean, I think, I assume it gets around. I assume people can read it. I encourage them to, you know, got a sub stack. You should go every one of your listeners should go find it. Lippincott.substack.com. Go, go read it. You know, you, even if you hate it, you know, I think another thing is people will often, I'll notice the critics of mine, people who don't like my work, um, won't come and talk to me about it. They, they, they want to make sure they want to keep me as an abstraction. Like it's easier to hate someone when you don't have to engage with them and try and I'm a very actually kind of almost like polite to a fault in some ways. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, You know, so I'm happy to discuss my ideas with, with critics. Um, It's, you know, yeah, it's easier to pull stuff out of context than hate, hate me from afar, I think. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's what I've noticed is the, the trend. Yeah, that, the same thing happens to me. I mean, I uh, people people will. I mean, even like it's funny doing like the, a podcast now. People will will see like stuff I write on Twitter and and online and articles and things and think I'm like this really mean, nasty guy that uh, is is just a jerk. And then they see you know me on here, and it's like, oh, he's he's nice guy. He's fun and and, yeah. and jolly and. Things I wonder like if that. I'm. I wonder if I'm too nice. I wonder if I'm too nice. I sometimes think. I wonder what what the country would be like if I could have like real free speech. I feel like it'd be funnier. Yeah. I always feel like the the internal censor. The real consequence of internal censorship is always the loss of the sense of humor. You can't crack yeah. the jokes you'd like to crack. Um, but I think it's the freedom of anonymity. Um, mm. And if and if I were any good as an anon, I would create an account and then and then do stuff. But uh, I've never been good at that. I'm always a little too <laughs> earnest, a little too easy to find me. I think as well. Yeah. That's what my assumption would be. Like you know, if I, you know, there's not that many people who are going to do the sort of things I spurg out about are going to be. <laughs> they'll they'll know you. <laughs> myself. Wow, there's a lot of stuff about Japan and the Far East. Oh, <laughs> <got me. laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, do you have anything else you want to ask us, CJ? Uh, um, no, I think that was good. I mean, we didn't get too much into the, the uh, immigration thing, but yeah, we, okay. <laughs> I, you know, the whole title of the episode is about the immigration thing. I guess, you know, we could close out with that, uh, sure. you know, to reward the people that have, that have listened for an hour and 23 minutes. Yeah. Uh, right. Yeah. You know, what, uh, I mean, 
do you look at it? I mean, I'll give my perspective on it and you can, you can argue with me or agree or whatever, but like, I, I look at it where it's the regimist Republicans in the Senate wanted to, um, wanted to undercut Trump in the campaign and, yeah. and put this, put this arrangement together that basically legalizes the invasion that's happening, legalizes what everything that's Biden has been doing or not doing for the, you know, the last three years, um, in order to seemingly resolve, we had, we had somebody in the comments saying, you know, uh, complaining about how like this is to help Trump or something. It's like, well, no, like the point of the deal was to hurt Trump. Yeah. That's the end to keep the problem going, to keep yeah. the, the flood of, of third world people coming through the border and never have it addressed. And all of it is a scam to get money for Ukraine and Israel and and whatever else yeah. they want. Um, I mean, I, it seems compelling to me. I mean, I think some of these people are just like born losers. Like they can't. You know. Their instincts point them the wrong way. They're like weather vanes, but always the wrong direction. You can just do a 180 and figure out what is actually valuable there. Mm-hmm. I mean – I think the idea that anyone should be trying to give Joe Biden any kind of electoral victory during an election year is insane in and of its own. Right. You're not for one that Congress can pass all the laws they want. It doesn't matter because Joe Biden is not going to enforce the law. He's not going to do that. Yeah. Doesn't matter. You could have the perfect bill. You, but no, Biden is not going to enforce. It, it, that's not how that's going to work. And so the reality is, is the border is going to remain open until the election, at least, and then beyond till Inauguration Day. And maybe beyond that, if the if the if Trump can't get control of the executive branch and, and God only knows what's going to happen in the fall. So, I mean, I just think the Mayorkas impeachment that I thought would have been that you could have actually done stuff with. Now, he'd have been immediately. The Senate was not going to convict him. But the point is, that would have been a real win. And the conservatives immediately stabbed themselves. Yeah, McClintock, Gallagher, and then Ken Buck out of Colorado. I mean, his people should all be kicked out of the party. Just yeah. you're done. You're done. Yeah. You don't. You do not know what time it is. There are people who, with barely, who are not even literate, who could have gotten that right. Yeah. Like you know, yeah. sometimes you look at people and are like, why did? Why were you taught how to read? Like, did, what good did that do you? <laughs> I'm not sure it did any. And it's just like it's mass literacy. I mean, I, I like mass literacy for some, but not for midwits. <laughs> Just a ban. Complete ban. You sorry, you have a 120 IQ. Is it bad? I it's i I'm sorry to inform you, but you will not be allowed to do anything but manual labor uh <laughs> yeah. the rest of your life. Just to prevent you from being sort of like a civilization destroying yeah, you know exactly. force. <laughs> I read the news. Wow, and we're immediately gonna send you to the logging camp in northern Michigan. It's, it's a big problem. I read The Economist. <laughs> the articles in the Atlantic have been really insightful these days. <laughs> exactly, man. That's... What a waste. What a waste. Yeah. Been like, you know, the, the moment that guy heard the, you know, the 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 music to Twinkle Twinkle Little Star with the alphabet, bad. bad. <laughs> Nothing good came of that. So, I mean, you know, that's my take on the Republicans overall is, you know, why are you doing this? Yeah. Why is this even a thing? The, the only thing. Look, how does political power work in America? Every single one of these bills is BS. You should not do any of them. Mm-hmm. The only way to get what you want is to fight over funding. And Republicans yeah. should drive a hard bargain. It should be like, yeah. you will give us one thing that we want every time you come asking for money. And if you don't do that, no money. Yeah. And we will and then pass bills. We'll pass bills funding portions of the government. Social Security is getting funded today. 
and the military, but not everything else. Yep. Like we're just going to let you pay for bureaucrats in DC. Nope. Yeah. Nope. Give us one thing, you know, and you know, you can, that's when you can have compromise. Like, look, the libs want to give money to Ukraine. Okay. You're going to give us the border wall. There's no amnesty. No, the border wall. We will build that And for every mile of wall you build or increase in security, we grant you a little more money for Ukraine. That would be real politics. And, and I don't think the funding for Ukraine is good, but that would at least show you got that dog in you that says, mm -hmm. I'm going to win. I'm going to pull out a victory. Mm -hmm. That's how real politics works. And, and these people are like, well, my solution is to surrender, blather to my constituents and then perform Harakiri in front of the American people for no reason. That's my genius strategy. It's like you just might as well. I mean, I think I wrote this article a long time ago, like America doesn't need the U.S. Senate. And that, you know, it's yeah. worth the point. Like, that's like a nursing home for the dying. I mean, it's, it's have you seen this? There's like this, it's like on TikTok or Instagram or whatever. And it's like this the village for people with dementia. And they can like <laughs> pretend it's like a real city, like where they do stuff. They just wander around. That's like the US that, Senate. Yeah. Senate, effectively. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, Biden, you know, it's like, you know, it, that's what it is. Like, you, you, yeah. you know, and if you do that, then talking about constitutional norms makes no sense because the founders were not people addled with dementia, you know, <laughs> collecting massive salaries and doing illicit land deals with your campaign donors so that you can enrich yourself. That was not the point no. of the institution. Um, so that's kind of where we are. I mean, that's, a, that's just my broad take. Like, yeah, if you want control, do it in the budgetary process, hold everything hostage, demand one thing every single time. And that's the way to do it. And if you're yeah. not doing that, you're waiting. I'm not, yeah. you're not doing anything else. You're waiting for that moment. And that's, that's yeah. not what the Republicans could do right now. So what is your, uh, what is your take? I mean, I don't know when we'll be able to have you back on again sure. and, and what your schedule will be, but sure. it's a, if we don't get to have you on before November and maybe we will, sure. uh, yeah. what happens? Oh man. Um, I am, I feel more confident. I think if you did a real election in America, and I've always thought this, then this would have happened in 2020, Donald Trump would win in a landslide. Yeah. Like if you purged every voter roll, you required paper ballots, same day voting, voter ID, and you got to register and indicate that you're going to vote before you get up there. So no same day registration. Mm -hmm. If you did that, Donald Trump would win the landslide. I mean, it's yeah, like it, it would be that that QAnon electoral map where like he won California. But, yeah. <laughs> like the laws, that, yeah. laws are already in place in the in the opposite direction. I mean, they've yeah, already oh, yeah. they've yeah. already like that. That was uh, what's her name from the Federalist? Molly, whatever her name uh, is. Hemingway. Yeah. Sure. I mean, her her book on the way they restructured the election laws yeah. prior to I mean, that. That went way. That had a way bigger impact than any of the like secret night things that they did. Yeah. I mean, that's a long-lasting change. Yeah, and there's all kinds of ways. You know, people can fight about stolen. I mean, did, was it Dominion? Was this like the point is there are so many different ways you could do that if you really wanted to, and people yeah. wanted to, and they and, and you mean to tell yeah. me that these people aren't doing anything shady? That's a BS. Yeah, and, and the one thing I'd say is the flow of immigrants into the United States is a way of stealing elections. If you elect a new yeah. Demos, you got to. You can you can win elections if you elect a new demos. Democracy yeah. is great as long as I get to choose the people who are voting. Okay, yeah. easy. You know, and, and that's one way of stealing elections or making them, I think, spiritually fraudulent. But the bigger point is there's all kinds of other malfeasance at play. Now the question is Biden is not popular at all. No. And and is the regime gonna go to bat for him in 2024? I mean, I think there's a lot of resistance to that. That special counsel report, that's damning. And, yeah. and, and, and I think um, 
Biden is not mentally competent. He isn't going to be able to hold go toe to toe with with Donald Trump. They're and it's going to be obvious. Yeah. You could steal it for him. I mean, you could do pull all the tricks out of the book, but you then have the legitimacy problem. Because I'm telling you right now, I don't know if Biden's even going to make it to the end of the year. But I, what I re- will say is I don't think he's going to make it to the end of his second term. I don't think it's going to happen. No no. 85, 86 years old in office. He's no. it's just not going to happen. And and Trump Trump looks younger than he did in 2016, though. Yes, that's amazing. And, you know, my point is, that, you know, you could you could try. I mean, Democrats could steal it. I mean, you could just mystical votes and we had a bunch of mail in and everything happened. Mm-hmm. But I, I think right now I do not get the sense that that I get the sense that's not necessarily going to happen. I mean, but we'll see. I mean, libs could decide to go crazy in some ways. The brakes are off that train. So, yeah. But, you know, like the Fannie Willis stuff is imploding. Yeah. I mean, that was some magical experience that's going on there. Uh, to use a Scott Greer <laughs> phrase, I think is applicable. It's like, you believed your own propaganda and thought that would be a good idea. Good idea. But, like, yeah. if you know anything about how inner city politics in America work, that is corrupt as the day is long. So yeah. you're going to get that. And then... Then you've got, I mean, you're going to throw that dude in jail. You're going to put Trump in jail and then talk about democracy. Yeah. I mean, are you really, and then you're going to have an 80 something year old man up there. And if it's not Biden, let's say there's some way to get someone else in. You mean you're going to have a candidate for president who no Democrat primary voter is going to have voted for? You're going to do, they're going to do that? You're going to do that and then run an election? Is that going to work? Yeah. Uh, I don't think so. I mean, so I think at this point, I mean, I, I think you, there's always the possibility of the crazy, like riots. Someone just does something just nuts. I mean, yeah, that's always that is more on the table than it's ever been. Um, mm-hmm. But I think, you know, overall, there is also a possibility that the there, the factions on the left that are able to think might go. Yeah, we need Trump back. Jamie Dimon, the, yeah. the CEO of JP, uh, of JP Morgan and Chase Bank mm-hmm. or something like that. Goldman Sachs, yeah. yeah. Yeah, one of these guys. He was on TV like he was saying, well, you know, the economy was better under Trump. And yeah. it's, you know, mm, they might be thinking, well, we should act in our own rational self-interest. I don't know if they can do that, but yeah, that'd be my thought is I, I'm more confident than I've ever been that Trump will – make it to the election and be able to run. Um, mm. I don't know if that's likely, um, but it, I'm more confident than I have been. And I think, yeah. I think there's a very real possibility. He just straight up wins it all. Um, and then, then that's a whole new ball game itself. Because <laughs> Yes, it is. You, you know, the, the radical factions on the left aren't going away and they're going to be around. They're going to be mad. No. And, uh, well, God yeah, I, I, I definitely feel a lot more confident than I did like at this point in 2020. Right, even before the pandemic and everything else, like I, I felt like him running as an incumbent uh, took a lot of the wind out of the sails. Where he can't have this like foil of the regime because it's it's hard to even though he's yeah. fighting against the regime as president, it's hard to make the case to people to your average person in America. <laughs> I'll be honest. I'll be honest. In 2020, at this time, what I remember, and it happened right around this date a few years ago. Uh, in 2020, Trump took the victory lap in the beast at the NASCAR track. Yeah. And that I was like, he's dude's going to win a landslide. Yeah. It's over. I thought it was gonna be a blowout. And I think yeah. I was right. I think if it had not been for COVID and the crazy, they would have been just yeah. crazy. They would have been beaten. And COVID, yeah. the COVID crazy happened because of Trump. Yeah, oh, yeah. And, and 
and that was designed to get him out of office and and it i guess it worked but you paid it the left paid a price for that too and yeah. and that's laws require legitimacy come full yeah. circle laws require legitimacy and you need legitimacy yeah. in order to have a regime so that's yeah, where we are and, yeah and i i think the and this this is stuff we we talk about all the time uh here is that that regimes in in general like when they lose legitimacy they implement I mean, this is stuff we talked about like charles haywood mm-hmm. uh once legitimacy is gone like it, it's it's very uh, hard to build it up and and once it's gone yeah. it doesn't come back and that's when things collapse and at the same time you have the most powerful um regime really in world history that is yes you know, possibly maybe in its death throes you know, feeling the loss of legitimacy. And that's when like world historic uh, evil uh, takes yeah, place. You, you could see people doing crazy stuff. And I, I mean, I can't even say what I think that would mean, but I could see crackdowns. I mean, false yeah. flags or even real violence from people responding to stuff. And, 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 and I don't want that. I mean, it would be no. better if we could find a way to avoid that. And, and, you know, it goes back to the 90s solution. You could have done the whole free trade thing. You basically screwing the white working class. Okay, but you didn't have to have flood the country with Africa, Mexico, Central America, Asia. You didn't need to do that. You didn't have to do that. And liberals still would have been wealthy. I mean, it's like the difference Mm -hmm. between, okay, so in this circumstance, in this alternate history, you only got $200 million as opposed to the billion you have now. Is that really that big of a loss? But they couldn't think rationally. I mean, they couldn't even think semi-rationally, not even within that framework that they had Mm -hmm. built up. So, you know, then you've got you've got this. And, and I think you're right that that in the death throes, they could do some terrible things. Um, every time the left takes over in a country, they start shooting people. That's just the way it works. Cambodia, Laos, Soviet Union, China, Korea, Indochina, uh, Germany after World War One, Hungary, Poland. I mean, they always do. The France same, in 1789. Yeah, they always do the same thing. Why do yeah. you think they wouldn't do that here? That, yeah. It just doesn't, it's historically, that doesn't make any sense. And, and the biggest problem they have is they've been victimized by their own propaganda. You know, the liberals are really, truly guzzling seed oils and trying to chop their genitals off and take hormones and all kinds yeah. of crazy stuff. And it's like, well, that is going to hurt you, but I don't know. I mean, so that's where I think we are now is the best case scenario for the country is Trump wins and then yeah. liberals kind of back off for four years and give us time to moderate. Can they do that? Can they even make that choice? I don't know. I don't think, I don't know. I mean, yeah. we'll see. I mean, the, the, te- the proof will be in the pudding. If they put Trump in jail, we're just in a whole new ball game, And that could happen. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think it will happen. I think, I think that, I, I don't know. I, I think that they, they've shown what they're willing to do to yeah. stop them. And, and um, I don't think they have, I don't think they've run out of tricks yet. Um, and I think they're willing to play a lot more. Uh, desperate moves. I mean, it's funny though because Trump's more popular now that they indicted him. So yeah, well, and that's a problem for them too. And and yeah. I think that gave them pause. Like that, I think part of the plan was okay. We'll let you arrest him and do all this stuff. But the point is, the very being arrested and charged will be what will cause him to be defeated in the primary by our preferred regime candidate, DeSantis <clears throat> or Haley. <clears throat> then we'll have nothing but rainbows from there on out, and then we'll have good old fashioned politics, and, and people will stop believing in Trump. And it did not work. Yeah, they could have been they could have known that it wouldn't work before it happened. And so I think after that, I think, you know, it's like a special counsel. Why did he include that line? 
it's like the DOJ, DOJ slapping Hillary in 2016 under Comey. It was like, no, no, you got to get, you're not really in charge here. Um, and that means that there's factions within our the regime that are not on Team Biden. And that means there's always the possibility that the the handlers get the conversation from the money and the, the power. Like, nope, we're going to let things just ride on this one. And, you know, like Biden can't do events like the Super Bowl's coming up and he's supposed to. They used to do the president would have this pre Super Bowl event. He's not even doing it. <laughs> he can't do it. I mean, no. he can't be out there. I mean, they know that. I mean, I think it's blinking is like physically squirming while listening to Biden talk about foreign affairs. Yeah. I mean, you cannot. I mean, what's the debate going to be like? You're going to have Biden debate Trump. How's that I, don't, I don't think there's going to be one. I, I think I, they're going to refuse. Might, so you're not going to do any debates. Let's say you do that. No debates. You're barely doing rallies. The ones you do are going to be small. There won't be any signs, no flags, no parades, nothing. And Trump's going to have a huge screaming crowds. And we're going to get to Election Day and discover mystically Biden won. It's amazing. 85 million votes. votes. Yeah. Yeah. 100 million votes. It's true. Donald Trump won 92 million. But actually, if you think <laughs> about it, there was an extra 20 million people we just didn't have accounted for. And they disappeared out of nowhere. It's like, yeah. Yeah, we really they could do it. I mean, I don't put it past them, but I don't know if it's like I I think they could do it. And if I mean, if they the thing is, like, I go back to the, you know, the Putin interview from last night. And one of my takeaways from that interview is that um, and obviously you you take everything he says with a grain of salt because he's, you know, he's another foreign leader and adversary of of the United States, even if we had a, a normal, real country with leadership. Right. He would be in this adversarial position. And so so I'm not saying it as like a Putin fan or something. Uh, but as he's describing it, I can't I can't help but think these are not serious people that oh, yeah. that he's right. he's dealing with. Like he talks about how they use you know monetary policy as a cudgel and that can for like the short term gain against Russia. And the long term drawback of that is is monumental for yeah. the United for American power. Well, I think so. Yeah, they, yeah. They, they don't they have they can't they can't think in long term. And th- at some point we will pay the Pied Piper and that will yeah. be a bad day. It will be a terrible day. I mean, there's stuff brewing. The housing market's a great example. Yeah. People who are younger than me, it just if you're like uh, 18 years old, you're entering college right now. It's like mm-hmm. the best chance is that you'll be able to own a home in your 40s. You might yeah. be able to get a mortgage. Because you are not going to be able to keep pace with inflation and with the skyrocketing value of um, uh, of homes. And it's like, yeah. that's not something that it, it, Biden can just wave away. You no. you got to live with that. You got to live with it. And, 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 and you know, people are going to be mad about stuff like that. They are mad. People are mad. No. I'm not happy. And it's I'm doing way better than a lot because, you know, I'm outside of the main metros and all that. Mm-hmm. But I still get really angry. It's like, how can I be have worked and been as frugal as I am. And then I'm still driving cars that are almost two decades old. Like mm-hmm. this is my lot, huh? You know, it's like, yeah. I get it. You know, my wife and I are both professionals. Why is it that everything seems like it's skyrocketing in price all the time? And and I think that goes to the heart of the problem, which is Biden cannot just hand wave all that away. And the liberals can't do it. They don't know how to do it. They don't have the the, the the long-term survival instinct that would cause them to do it. So something's coming. I mean, Trump is the Trump is a moderate. 
yeah. that's why he's good. And if liberals were listening, yeah. embrace the moderation. Yeah, he's actually pretty moderate on social issues. Yeah, you know, if yeah. they weren't crazy, Roe v. Wade being overturned is not that big of a deal. It just isn't. It's just not. Now they're nuts, so they, they can't think. It's like no. abortion's still gonna be legal at the state level. What are you talking about? Yeah. Gays can get you know married. I mean, shit, they probably get you know marry like four or five people at a time at this point. I mean, who would really be opposed to that? I mean, <laughs> what are you doing? Like. Yeah. You, you've gotten everything you want. So why are you so mad? Like, why are you going nuts? Like, just let it ride. Like, let Trump do it's his just, thing. It's just, built, it's built into their like entire like momentum that they have to do one thing more every time, every year. That's how they've it's, been for a hundred years. It's or biological more. and it's psychological. They'll never be happy until it's all in ashes. And even then they'll blame the collapse on, on the original enemy. So I guess my, yeah, that's so, and I, but I don't think normal Americans, when really presented, they don't really want to do that. They don't want that. And I, that's, and, and not to be like cringe, um, civic nationalist boomer, but that it isn't just middle class white America. I think there's a lot of people, you know, I'm not saying a majority by far, but there's a yeah. lot of like, what is this? Like, this is not, this is cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. And, and yeah. I think, um, Tapping into that uh, is the is the wave going forward. So yeah. I'm, I'm I mean I'm kind of hopeful around Trump, but if not, you know there will still be possibilities that come out of it because regardless of what happens, the right will not suddenly find itself without a need for young leaders, without mm -hmm. new fresh ideas. That will continue to be the case mm -hmm. well into the future. So I think we're I think we're coming up on a um, a moment of real radicalization. Like if if like either way either way this goes, I think the left's mm -hmm going to do what the left does and panic if trump gets in and a lot of like right-wingers are going to realize that they're le the left is more serious than they are and they want mm -hmm. um complete control yeah. and if they do whatever it takes to get trump out i think a lot of right-wingers are going to be completely disillusioned with the system so either way i yeah. think that we're in for a rocky future and um yeah so. i tell people i was like lift weights yeah you know you need to you need to you know i'm not saying go you full prepper yeah, yeah, you gotta, you just gotta be ready. I mean, yeah. you don't know what's gonna happen, and I would rather be, you know, you just have it, have it in your mind. Like some stuff could be crazy. I've had a number of people that I've known, like I've said earlier, who've been arrested, and will probably go to jail. And ha some of them have gone to jail. Well, one in particular of a really just disgusting case, but that's a real possibility. Yeah. And and I don't, I mean, look, I don't, I mean, I'm I'm thankful I'm not in that position right now, and I want to avoid that as long as possible. But I, I don't have any illusions in my mind. If you want to blaze your own trail, you are in danger and yeah. you got to get that. And if you, you know, it's in a way I'm lucky I'm not that important because otherwise I'd be targeted. But um, mm -hmm. uh, but it's also a problem. Like, I wish I had more of an ability to influence things and mm -hmm. um, that will be needed. So, yeah, this is, a, this is a time for preparation. You know, every moment of peace and, and, and relative stability that you have, you have to take advantage of to prepare. Um, physically and spiritually and in, 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 in those ways. So yeah. that's my, that's my takeaway. It's my life advice. If anybody cares for it, that cares to hear it. Awesome. Cool. I think we should, um, I think we should yeah, start Kyle. to wrap up here. I got yeah, yeah. kids are going to bang down the door any second here. So yeah, you probably can hear my kids. They, they came yeah, home and, and build uh, a bigger wall. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right, right. Well, uh, uh, where can we, where can we find your work? So, uh, Lippincott, L I P P I N C O T T at yes. com, yeah. and American greatness as well. Yeah. I call, I have a column, um, that publishes basically every two weeks, right? It's usually like a day or two after the first and the 15th of okay. the month. I have a column that comes out at American greatness. And then I have, um, 
the blog at, at, at um, the Substack, which I use to share a lot of the American Greatness pieces as well. Um, and then I'm also on Telegram. Um, uh, you can find me there just under my name. And, um, you know, I'm not on Twitter, obviously. Um, but yeah, those are the primary ways to find me. And then I encourage people to do so. Uh, and then hopefully in the future, so once my dissertation is done, I'll have more, I'll be more active and then more, you know, really make a play to try and come back on Twitter in a big way. So good. Anybody cares? I mean, the point is, you know, I'm holding off for right now just for once. I actually do my work and finish it, which I think is important. (laughs) And also, um, yeah, just so that I finish without having people trying to get me kicked out of the college and stuff like that, which is always always a danger. All right. And and your dissertation, are you going to publish that as a book? That's a hope. Um, I have had some feelers. um, I've sent out feelers regarding publication. So. Okay. We'll see. I mean, I really need the draft to be done. I mean, we're probably talking at least another year or two, probably at least, and then probably more, just depending on how the process goes. But, I, you know, I've, I've wanted to do that project. I think it'll be important. I think it'll be groundbreaking and it will be a way of viewing. There's a way of unifying the things that we've seen uh, mm-hmm. in the world order with our own contemporary events and historically how it developed. And hopefully it'll mm-hmm. it'll help people think and Think clearly about war and peace, which are issues that are always um, always pertinent. I think absolutely. Well, Josiah, thank you so much for your time, yeah. uh, all the time. You know, two almost two hours here that, that you've given us. I I, right. I appreciate it. CJ yeah, appreciates worry. it. I'll speak for him. And and uh, yeah, thank you. We'll love to have you back on again yeah, yeah. Uh, as things continue to get crazier. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and uh but until then uh everybody out there thank you so much for listening yeah. uh please uh like subscribe share uh we want as many people to see this this conversation as possible because josiah's got uh fantastic stuff to say and uh, until next time sit, stay peacefully dangerous <laughs> and we will see you next time all right